Warning, we are about to spoil the movie Annihilation. If you haven't seen the movie, or you plan on watching it, then click away now. Or, if you have seen it, or you just don't care, then please stick around. Is this really a dilated movie, Bob? Da, 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 da. Fuck! Everybody and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Um, today's episode I'm pretty excited for because this is a movie that I um, saw that I loved, but not a lot of people seem to talk about it anymore, frankly. Yeah, it just kind of dropped out of the whole conversation of film. Shut up, you. <laughs> what was that? My notes. They were attacking me. Oh my god, just get your notes under control, man. Come on. <laughs> if you can't okay, handle a piece... It should be good now can't handle a piece of paper then i highly question your ability to handle editing well i have three fans on right now ah, so okay because <laughs> it's like 96 out plus humidity holy shit is it near you god damn yeah and it's supposed to be like that all week it sucks i am so sorry because where you are the humidity sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so uh today's movie um i think this came out in what 18 i think uh let me look that up i have google pulled up right no, now. no that's gonna take too long just say it, annihilation it was, it was too okay. so you didn't have to say a year if you fucked up then you know it... well it, either could... way the title card is already gone justin we already queued it so. Yeah, and we already went quiet for a bit, so... Oh my god, you have to mention that every fucking Yeah, 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 yeah! Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Annihilation. Um, This is a movie that I was surprisingly able to see in theaters, and it was a fantastic experience in theaters, and I wish more people would have gotten to see it, but it was not in theaters for long, needless to say. Oh, uh, are we going to start off with this? Or no, no, we no! give the audience a little teaser a little taste beforehand but it was not in theaters for long here in the states and around the world wasn't even in theaters a story that we'll get to after we review the uh film which i think is fantastic so uh, uh also i should we probably should have said this before the opening title card uh this is the end of movie month yes so. this is the end of movie month ladies and gentlemen welcome um, to we'll be back to normal schedule for two months for october and november and then we're gonna change things up a bit in december yep and then we'll go on break again like we did last year it'll be great so hope you guys are or enjoying it will these. suck terribly well, so well we'll find out we'll find out how the world is um <laughs> when we get there we'll cross that bridge when we get to it <laughs> But uh, this film was the uh, second movie by director Alex Garland, who is the uh, same director who did Ex Machina, which got a lot of praise. So, <laughs> Ex Machina is super fucking good. Ex Machina is amazing. And his second movie, I love just as much for different reasons. So, <laughs> But yeah, um, he, this was only his second movie, and um, I don't think he's done any more movies since then. Um, he's, he I was, think he might be working on a TV show at the yeah, moment. Yeah, but thanks to COVID, that got you know delayed so <laughs> so happy that's still relevant during yeah. this episode yeah probably won't it'll probably stay relevant until next year so which is really sad i even pass might even pass next year well anyway again, we have no idea 
we're just here to talk about movies and sometimes make jokes about the world um but hey this is one of the category in like the world ending thing so um i'll let you start out with the synopsis no this was in the other world category and i'm still very sad we didn't say last episode it annihilated that category by being the last one but we made up for it with the opening joke yes (laughs) it's all good we we got it we nailed it so (laughs) nailed it just electric guitar Anyway, synopsis time. Yay. I'm slightly unfocused at the moment. Hopefully this will be fixed in <laughs> the coming minutes. Then Ahem. Yeah. I'm trying to get everyone's name straight before I start talking. Okay, so there is a professor named Lena. She, he works at college and is teaching students about cells and cancer. Mm-hmm. And apparently her husband was in the military and went miss, like just disappeared off the face of the earth one year ago. His name is Kane. His name is Kane. She decides to stay home one Saturday night instead of going to a barbecue and to paint the bedroom so she can stop thinking about her husband, Mm -hmm. who she assumes is dead. And then he's just home. He's just like, sup, motherfuckers. (laughs) And that she tries to ask where he's been, what the mission was, and he can't seem to answer anything and seems pretty emotionally dead. Yeah. And then soon he starts acting like he is going to be dead as he starts just bleeding out of the mouth. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel well because he's drinking a glass of water and then he puts the water down and then bloods in the water. Turns out, because uh, they try to head to the hospital but the government comes in and uh basically kidnaps the two yep what happened is something crashed into a lighthouse uh i forget how long ago they say well it's at least over a year or two yeah and it caused basically this field known as the shimmer to slowly start growing they've been sending teams in no one's come out except for lena's husband Mm-hmm. And even then, he's in such critical condition, he can't answer shit. Yeah, he's basically just in a hospital bed dying for most of the movie. Uh, Lena, he... Okay, Kane is having serious liver... Uh, not liver. Organ. Entire organ failure. Yeah, they say multiple organ failure and internal bleeding. Yeah. So, Lena joins a the newest group that is all women going in can you stop please paper <laughs> just doesn't want i am trying to i am trying to gesture with my hands to the audience that can't see it gesture you mean yes that's exactly what i said so like you're just i'm trying to gesture the audience <laughs> i am trying to entertain yes that is our point or our hope here at least no it's not it's a just it, it's all for the money <laughs> turns out we're very corporate uh, <laughs> disney hired us all along <laughs> boom, boom, boom. just like show like an image of like like the mouse outline and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh leandro joins the group which 
has Dr. Ventress. Yep, that's correct. A- Anya? No, a- Fuck, how do you say her name? Anya. Anya. I was... My brain was breaking there. It's all good. <laughs> Anya, Josie, and Cass. Yep. Good job. They head into Explore. Inside the Shimmer, radios don't work, compasses don't work, and time is bendable. Yep. Because <laughs> literally we see they walk past, into the Shimmer because it's like a weight. It almost looks like a bubble. Like, have you ever seen a rainbow inside of bubbles while you're out in the driveway enjoying your nice summer when you still had friends? <laughs> oh my god! It's kind of like that. But, and all of a sudden, Lena remembers uh, a few days before her husband left. And then all of a sudden, it's four days later. Yep, or I think it's two days, right? No, they say it was about four days of rations they went through. Ah, uh, okay, I thought it was two days. Oh, well. Me and math, you know. <laughs> so, either way, time has passed and none of them remember how, where or they've been, how camp was set up, or how much time has actually passed. Mm-hmm. They continue traveling. They... They find... Uh, at, uh, hold on, wait. They find plants that seem to be all look different even though they're part of the same vine uh vines and plant stem the same stem stem hold on i just need a solid moment technical difficulties okay so we know what happened to the last group they went insane okay (laughs) so they're realizing the plants are taking on the on the genetics of other plants and they even run into an alligator or crocodile i can't tell the difference mm-hmm. that ha- seems to have a uh, shark features even though that's impossible because species can't inter or connect spoilers they can yeah in, I, I think in as, the shimmer i think as they put it like something's making a splash in the gene pool here i think is what they say <laughs> yeah because, like, we were wondering, like, how the fuck does now an alligator meet a shark? And they're like, oh, yeah, the lighthouse is by the sea, and the shimmer is partially in the water. So if there's sharks there, it would it'd be able to mix genetics with anything that is in the shimmer. Dude, real quick, just imagine how fucked some of the, the underwater would look. Like, the coral <laughs> and, like, the fish. That would be rad as hell. Actually, the coral would look rad as hell. Wouldn't it? Uh... But either way, they keep moving. They find uh, the original base because the Shimmer's been growing. So they they run to what was the original military base. And they find a videotape. <sighs> it turns out it's Lena's uh, husband's group. And they it's, Le- it's Kane cutting open one of his crewmates. And it turns out his insides are moving. Very fast. Uh, yeah, like his intestines are moving like snakes. Really fucked up. <laughs> this freaks the shit out of everyone, but they're not. But the sun's about to go down, and they have to set up camp there. Yeah, and then they find where they cut him open, and the guy that cut open has just you know bloomed into this huge amalgamation of like mold and just human body and parts. plant life and just, just everything. Oh, really fucked. Anya is one of the main people, and Josie are the main ones who start freaking out, but everyone else is like, okay, we can, we can still deal with this. It's probably fine. Mm-hmm. 
they take up guard duty because uh, they also found plans for or the last group as they were doing uh, guard rotations. And they were like, well, if they did that, we should do it. Yep. Uh, Lena and Do- I'm just going to call her Dr. V. For yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> just to save time. Lena and Dr. V ha- have a conversation in the moonlight, but all of a sudden, uh, Leon notices there is a hole in the in the gate, and kind of everyone wakes up. Cass comes down, and they're like, uh, do you see anything out there? Nope. And then Cass is eaten by a bear. Yep, just straight up comes along and drags her into the fucking woods as they kind of helplessly watch. They try to go after her, but it's too dark. It's too dark. They do find her the next morning, but she is definitely dead. Like, just eviscerated by the bear. Yeah, like you see, like, her throat is just gone. <laughs> all, all I'm sure that's not important. Yeah. Also, they have a map. They realize they are basically two days away from getting to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Anya and Josie are like, we shouldn't go any further. We should just head back. This is fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Dr. V is like, I don't care. I will go alone. And Lena actually points out that if they make it to the lighthouse, they will be they will be able to have an easier time getting to the outer of the edge of the shimmer rather than if they walk six days back. So everyone goes ahead. They reach the town that is just outside the lighthouse and they go to have a good night's sleep. But I'm ain't fuck. Say it one more time. Anya. Anya. I don't know why I can't remember this fucking yeah, name. Like I know it's res- I, I know it's like spelled with an A, but just think like ah, Anya. Anya. On, I will fucking change my notes right now just so on Yeah. There you go. That there works. we go. <laughs> but Anya kind kind of snaps and goes into pure paranoia she ties everyone up in a fear that they will basically cut her open like they did in the video i thought that was josie that went crazy no josie is uh teresa is it teresa thomas or thompson tessa thompson that's tessa josie is tessa thompson's character oh okay okay yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah she's the one with glasses right yes yeah all right but yeah, Anya ties everyone up, and also uh, Lena never told everyone that Kane was her husband, mm-hmm. but she was wearing a necklace. Anya found it and is like, "You've been lying to us. You don't. Doctor V was probably in on it. How can we trust you?" Yeah, she's kind of going crazy, and because of the fact that she lied, she's like, "Oh God!" Now she has like this like paranoia has basically taken over her. And just before she cuts open Lena. To try and see if her insides are moving. <laughs> she hears Cass's voice. Because Lena is the only one who saw Cass's body. Mm-hmm. So she runs outside and it's the bear. <laughs> the bear comes in. It doesn't... We'll talk more about the bear later. Because the bear is badass as hell. Yeah. But this this explanation is going on a bit long. Because I can't say Anya properly. It's all good. <laughs> it happens. We've had longer. Don't worry. It's true. Uh... But the bear comes in. It almost attacks everyone. 
Anya, wounded, comes in, starts shooting at the bear, gets mauled, but in the scuffle, frees Lena and Josie. The bear attacks Lena. Josie picks up the assault rifle and basically drills a hole in the bear's head with yeah. bullets. She's like empties an entire clip into the bear's head, and there's just like this hole beside by the time she's. Um, actually, it's called a magazine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there you go, gun nuts. That's how you sound to everyone. Pretty much. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is kind of the last straw for a lot of people. Doctor V heads out on her own, saying that. She wants to be the one who ends this. Uh, Josie and and uh, Lena kind sleep through the night, but in the morning, Josie accepts all that's happening, and she disappears into the plant life. Yeah, she kind of because we see these like humanoid plants, like the Spencer growing um, like humans, and she's kind of just for some reason like becomes at peace and doesn't want to fight the shimmer or whatever she's like she's like you she's like uh, you want to fight it she wants to find out about it and i just want to accept it or something so she's just kind of becomes well she didn't want either of those things so she yeah. just accepts she it just and disappears part of the scenery and just yeah up and disappears uh lena heads to heads to the uh lighthouse this beach looks really fucking pretty. <laughs> yep. She goes inside and find, well, finds a video of Kane killing himself with a phosphorus grenade. But then Kane steps out from behind the camera, and it's the Kane we saw at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. So who was the real Kane? We'll never know. Yep. It leaves it very she... ambiguous as to whether the Kane in the hospital is the real Kane or the mimic. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know it. He's at least part of the shimmer because his eyes yes. go. Bloo, bloo, bloo. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, there there's also a big hole in the lighthouse that leads to H.R. Geiger's man cave. Yep. <laughs> Lena heads down there and finds Doctor V. Doctor V. He says some rather existential stuff and then explodes. Yeah, I like the like because we saw on the videotape from earlier that uh kane had um which is really nice because it apparently comes with editing software too um but we saw like the weird uh like blob thing that comes out of uh dr uh v there we we like see that briefly but then like she like starts spitting it out of her mouth and that like kind of forms together and makes the thing it it destroys her from the inside out and then blob human appears yeah, because it takes like it takes because this whole thing there's a very heavy theme of cell, so it takes like like she's bleeding from her eye, so it takes a bit of blood and then like rep- you see the cells like start to fastly replicate and it makes another uh, Lena. Yeah, blood comes from Lena's eye into this orb thing, and it makes a second Lena. <laughs> they uh, they get in a bit of a fight while Lena tries to escape the lighthouse. But eventually, because it kind of mimics her movements. Yep. And she eventually grabs another phosphorus grenade, puts it in the alien's hand or the blob thing's hand. It turns into her. She pulls the pin, runs, and the thing bursts into flames. The entire lighthouse is destroyed. The shimmer goes away. And I forgot to completely mention that this opened with Lena being interviewed after all these events. Yeah. 
because kind of interspersed throughout the film is the frame story. It's like afterwards they're interviewing her and it's basically told entirely in flashbacks. So yes, uh, Lena explains that she has no idea what it was. They'll never know what it was, and she he has no answers they want. And then asks to see her husband. She's like, "You're not the real Kane, are you? Are you the real Lena?" And both kind of answers just, I don't know. They hug, their eyes kind of go, and then the movie ends. Yep. <laughs> and that was Annihilation. Oh boy, what a trip this was. <laughs> it's such a, you know, I want to shit on Star Wars for a bit. Oh, <laughs> please, go ahead. Like, I like Star Wars a lot, but go, go right ahead because the community is just so toxic. Uh, it is. I'm just annoyed because... People ask for original movies all the time, and they're tired of sequels and reboots. And how, you know, Star Wars was, Star Wars Episode Seven was somewhat a brush, breath of fresh air because sci-fi isn't touched that often in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And then there's Annihilation, an original, well, not original; it's based on a book, but yeah. a sci-fi story with great production value, an interesting story, interesting characters, and no one saw it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's such it's so interesting. It has fascinating concepts thrown throughout. It's very it's strewn throughout it, and it's very thought provoking. But you're right; it's very hypocritical how people say, "Oh, we're tired of you know sequels and remakes and reboots." Yet when an original thing comes out that's not a sequel or a reboot, no one fucking sees it. Uh, oh man, an original sci-fi movie, but Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want more of the same or don't you? Make up your fucking mind. <laughs> or have a movie that just panders to you the entire time. Just wait until our episode 9 review. We're not That's actually doing That's never going to happen because we are both actively avoiding that movie. <laughs> it's true. Like, I love Star Wars, but that's the only Star Wars movie I refuse to see. Just because I heard it was fucking terrible and nothing but a fan wank fest. <laughs> Also, before people get worried, don't don't worry. We at least I'm not sure how you take the movie, Cameron, but I don't take it literal. So the we're not going to have one of those videos where it's, well, are they actually the Shimmer? No, we kind of know it's more symbolic yeah. rather than literal. There, there the are end. things that are taken literally in this movie, but it's it's very there's it's heavy on the sim- symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you ignore symbolism, it's such an interesting concept of this of this area where yeah. all living things start mix-matching traits. That was the thing that I loved about it. It was such a fascinating, and at times... Because the thing about it is it was both beautiful and horrifying at times. It's like the atmosphere in this movie is fantastic. Um and just the concept yeah. of that is just so cool. <laughs> it is. Uh, like, with set design, because um, they're mostly in a forest, so there's a lot of green. But since the shimmer is mutating all the plant life, there's a bunch of reds and yellows and blues mm-hmm. that pop. And it's almost like when they get to the military base, the mold and flowers that are growing are almost like natural graffiti. Yeah, there's like this, they're, they're very off-putting and disgusting, especially in the mold, but there's it, almost like beautiful in a way, because there's almost, there's it's like graffiti and there's almost like a, a, something be- pretty about it as well. And it's just the way they use like bright colors to show the mutations is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, 
it it looks really cool and also it's very smart for set design so that way it doesn't get boring to just yeah. look at green forest exactly exactly so and when it because that's the thing like it is gorgeous at times to look at like the different like because the flowers are like bright red and like white and like you know, you know bright blue and stuff like that it's just very pretty and then those like two deer things that like they're white or something and like they have the antlers oh yeah the random deer they run across yeah they have like flowers that grow over their antlers and then like you it's a cool like cut because like you see one lift up and then another one kind of just appears behind it and they both hop away in synchronicity <laughs> Or uh, even at the beach where the sand is mutating with trees, yeah. so it turns into literal, like, these giant glass trees, but you still see them moving yeah. because they're still mutating with everything. Because they say the closer you get to the meteoroid, because that's what causes, you, at the beginning you see a meteoroid crash into the earth and crash into the lighthouse, and, like, the shimmer keeps growing, and that's what's causing all these mutations, and the closer you get to the source of it, the more things mutate. And, like, you know, that, that does happen, because, you know, sand, if lightning strikes sand, then it'll turn into glass. So, like, the, like, tree, they actually, like, makes tr glass trees out of all of this and it's just really fucking pretty and like the sand the beat of the beach itself i don't know how they pulled it off or if they just got lucky with the location but it's like reflecting the sky as she walks across it and it's just fucking beautiful to look at <laughs> i don't know if that was uh practically done or if that was cg either way looks fucking gorgeous yeah. the cinematography in general in this film is amazing <laughs> it is it's it's a sleek style I don't mind. Yeah, I, I really like it because, you know, um, and it just whoever whoever the director gets to do a cinematography is great because Ex Machina's cinematography is fantastic as well. So. Oh, yeah, that movie's great, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then that's really well done. But like, you know, when it gets scary, it gets really fucking scary because this movie is part horror. So. <laughs> Just that. Should we talk about the bear? Oh, let's talk about the bear because that is the scariest scene in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> the bear is one of the most fucked up creatures I've seen in a movie in a while. Well, okay. One that is still natural looking, I mm. should say. Yeah, because the the because it was a mix of practical effects and CG. The bear was. I know that for a fact because there's behind the scenes footage of them actually having like the physical bear's jaws and everything. Um, nice. But it's like one of the coolest fucking movie monsters I've seen in recent years. It's just really fucked up it, and awesome because like its skull, it looks like almost like a de demon skull or something. Like its skull is on the outside of its head and it has like these fangs. But because, uh, but on the side of its face is also a human skull because he ate um, uh, the one chick's. Cass. Yeah, Cass, because he ate Cass's throat and kind of, I guess, a part of her became the bear. So it just grew a human skull on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fucked up image <laughs> yeah. and that is fucked up in and of itself but the part that just made me just like in my gut i was just like oh i don't like it was the fact that it mimics human speech because um it ate her vocal cord so and i i think there's an enemy in a horror game that's escaping me that also does this but it mimics the last words of its victim so whenever it like rrrs, it just like this very guttural is that a fatal frame thing it might be i'm not sure but i like, don't remember i know the enemy you're talking about yeah. i can picture it in my head yeah. and i just got nothing i know i can't remember the name of it or which game it's from so if you guys know that tell us but 
Yes. Every time the bear roars, it's like it, it says the last thing she said, just help me. Uh, and I just like, oh my god, I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, it's so fucked. And just that scene is so fucking intense too. Cause like they're all tied up because the one chick went crazy. They're just like moving around while this thing is just slowly pacing around the room all menacingly. And then when uh the one chick attacks it, it just mauls the fuck out of her. And it's fast and there's no music when it mauls her. It's just her screaming as she's being thrashed around and thrown down the stairs. It's so scary. <laughs> It just tears off her lower jaw. Yeah. It's fucked. It's really <laughs> fucked. And even its death is cool as hell when she just drills a hole in the side of it from, you know, firing a machine gun at close range into its skull. <laughs> uh, it's such that, a good scene. That is a masterful scene. It's one of it's probably the best scene in the whole movie. And it's one that when I saw it in theaters, I was just like, oh my god, this is insane and terrifying. Like, I was like, I just shit myself. <laughs> Uh, it's so well done and the monster designs in general are great too you know obviously the bear is amazing but like that alligator too is really fucked up as well <laughs> yeah the alligator looks super fucked when it, with its like rows and yeah. rows of teeth because they open its mouth and you see from the inside and from the outside that like you know it has like just rows of crocodile teeth it's crazy so um and yeah the horror is really well done because it's a very you know as we said atmospheric and b you know just outright terrifying when it delves into horror and then the scene too where they cut the guy open and his insides are moving is just fucked <laughs> i can't tell which uh when i originally watched this because i've seen it before yeah but i think the moving insides made my skin crawl more than the bear yeah <laughs> just seeing uh. that seeing someone's intestines uh. slither around inside them uh. is so unnerving for it some reason really is both those scenes are so well done <laughs> uh it's just in the because the thing is before i um i because like i said i saw this movie in theaters but i never rewatched it again until now but this movie was so well done and so memorable that it just kind of stuck with me like i never forgot it after i saw it in the theater <laughs> like i remembered it yeah. very vividly <laughs> It does stick with you. It's one of those movies where I was actually like, oh, we're at this point. Okay. Because yep. a lot of time after after you watch a movie, maybe a year later, you remember the important bits. Mm -hmm. But in this film, all the bits are important. It's actually really good that way. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it, it had been literally, so it's been literally two years since I've seen it, but I still very vividly remember it. <laughs> I forget if I watched it originally in 2018 or in 2019. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just it's such a well done movie, and um, yeah, now we've talked about that. Let's talk about the sound design because that's really well done too. Uh, I want to start with the music because music's fucking yeah. good. Well, that's part of it as well. But yeah, go ahead with the music. because <laughs> uh, there's two types of music. There's like a sort of light guitar type deal. Mm -hmm. I I guess it'd almost be folksy the way it was. A little folksy because they throw a couple. Uh, they throw a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song in there as well. So, <laughs> but that was symbolic, Cameron. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm talking more of the uh, atmosphere music. I was, I was, I'm, I'm just saying it would have been funny if they played the song. Our house is a very, very, very fine house. They're going to. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been. Uh, the other type of music is like this creepy, very atmospheric yeah. choir. Mm. 
and it's I don't know how to describe it other than fucking unnerving. Yeah, like choirs in general can be very unnerving because a scene that kind of made my hair stand on end um, was when I first watched 2001 when they were approaching the monolith thing. It was just this like this demonic choir and it, this, this song this movie kind of uses that throughout like the whole movie and it's very unnerving <laughs> the movie uses it throughout the movie yeah it's redundant much redundant and the thing i love is that both these sound both this the guitar and the weird choir mix at the end with weird techno sounds when they're in when uh, Lena is in the lighthouse versing the creature. Yeah, because I never forgot that music. Here's the, it's kind of this wow, 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 wow. Just this like really weird electronic noises that were just so cool and just, it's, again, made the scene. It's un- so otherworldly. It's yeah, great. Exactly. So, it, you know, it's a sci-fi movie, so we're making other worlds out of it. <laughs> We could make a category out of that. Oh, wait, we did. (laughs) But yeah, so that that's just fantastic. And there was a really there's a transition I liked too earlier when it was playing the folk song as just a regular soundtrack. But then it like cut and you could just hear it in the background um, down the stairs. And I was like, that was a good transition because that was when his husband first walks in. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good way to change it from non-diegetic to diegetic sound. That's what I was looking for, diegetic. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, something I noticed upon second viewing as well is when we went to the house with the bear, um, she was at the uh-huh. bottom of the stairway and it was just her house. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's what you meant by it was her house. I was wondering yeah. why you said that while we were watching. I oh, know... wait, did one of them say it's theirs? No, but they had that shot numerous times early in the movie where it was just the stairway and then she came in and looked up it and then like he went when uh Kane came in for the first time he looked up the stairway too but when she initially walked into the house with the where they essentially set up camp uh she goes and it's like this decrepit stairway but it's the same shot of inside their house from earlier and that would also explain how he got home sort of uh-huh because he could have probably just gone back there then but due to alien weirdness yeah huh i didn't think about that yeah that's cool as hell uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, and um, the way the way the film plays around with editing as well is really cool because you see them enter the shimmer, and then there's a flashback scene, and then she wakes up in her tent, you know. And normally that would be a good way to say, oh, she was in her tent and dreaming about it. But she gets up, and it turns out that's actually what she experienced. She had no recollection of anything after she initially just walked into the shimmer. Yeah, I love films where editing is technically like the character's state of mind yeah like oh you didn't see anything that happened between then and now neither did the character they didn't either she wakes up and she's just as confused she's like wait when did we set up camp what happened when did i fall asleep how long have we been here (laughs) and no one else knew either yep (laughs) oh you mean like right now right now yeah (laughs) oh cool that works But yeah, just the way it plays around with that editing is just really cool. And it's just, everything technical-wise about this is just so well done. <laughs> Which, also a question comes to my mind of, since we do see other flashbacks, does that mean time is changing? Mm-hmm. Like, did she actually have an affair with the one guy? or is, is No. It... 
not that if that's real or not. Mm. I mean the sense of okay, she they're at the one base, they fall asleep. Flashback. Yeah. Has the amount of time that the characters think has passed actually passed, or has it been longer? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because when Lena's getting interviewed, she yeah. says they might have been there for. She feels like they might have been there for one or two weeks. Yeah. And then the guy says they were gone for a month. Yeah, exactly. And Lena says, "Well, just I like I don't know a few a week or two. I don't know." Yeah, she doesn't fucking know. So just the way so, you want. <laughs> I well, I was just gonna try to get a conversation rolling again because we just went quiet. Yeah, we just, <laughs> just the conversation died. <laughs> no, I'm not putting in the value select song. Fuck, segues are hard. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, get old with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's your show too. I know it's my show too, but you were kind of went. Oh, I was gonna do something. I was just gonna let you do something. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Fuck. And it's just, it's really unfortunate. Well done movie, but the director's only done two movies. Like, I want to see more from this director. Um, I want to see, you know, just knowing how good he is at sci-fi, I want to see more of that. <laughs> yeah. Also, this movie comes into a fun question when it comes to adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because apparently it mixes like two books together. Yeah. It ignores certain things from the book, but it's I've heard from people who have read it that it captures the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. And the director says even like he only read it once and then he wrote the script. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of behind the scenes thing that I'm from the internet here. It says um, Garland expressed his adaptation was necessarily based only on the first novel in the trilogy. At the point I started working on Annihilation, there were only one of three books. I knew it was planned as a trilogy by the author, but there was only one manuscript for the first book. I really didn't think too much about the trilogy side of it. Garland said his adaptation is, and I quote, a memory of the book rather than referenced screenwriting with the intention of capturing the quote unquote dreamlike nature of and tone of his experience reading the novel. And that's actually really cool. And mm -hmm. it, uh, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, how like directors really own nothing to the original source material type it's, deal it's the difference between and um of direct you know uh what did we say adaptation versus, adaptation yeah <laughs> adaptation versus interpretation that's it or inspiration yeah but yeah like, like if i'd rather have something like this where a director gets inspired by the book doesn't try to do it word for word type deal and makes something really good rather than worrying about all the details Exactly. And it says here, too, rather than direct trying to directly adapt the book, Garland deliberately took the story in his own direction with the original author's permission. Well, it is also very nice if you get the author's permission. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a good... <laughs> it, it was it's just such a good movie. It really is. It's, just, it's a brilliant piece of sci-fi. So, um, I know that when... Um, when they were oh where did i read that um i know when it came out that uh hold on yeah it drew criticism from the casting of natalie portman and jennifer jason lay as the characters who are in the later books described as asian and half native american descent 
Um, uh-huh. But the thing about that is um, Garland stated that none of the fifth book, which was the only one he adapted, that was not mentioned till later. Yeah, so it's so, not that's not his fault. No, exactly. Like he got a little flag for that, but he's like, you know, I only based it off the first first book where they didn't mention their ethnicity. <laughs> yeah, so I don't blame him for that and exactly. if the author never brought it up to him, so Exactly. <laughs> and it's just it's so well done, like honestly. I, I can't sing this movie's praises enough because not enough people do. Like, this movie went so under the radar when it was released. Should we talk about that a little bit? <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about the... A uh, little bit about the metaphor and talk about that first. Well, uh, well, let's go ahead with the metaphor and symbolism first. Get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, with metaphor and symbolism... Because uh, Folding Ideas talked about this. You can watch his video on it because I don't want to just recap the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But the film is very much about trauma all they even say it like multiple times on how uh the characters are changing yeah. like not only in the story sense of they the shimmer is messing with their genetics but emotionally they they have changed like um uh, but, hmm? mm-hmm. anya is a recovering drug addict mm-hmm. uh dr vet Dr. V is suffering from cancer. Cass lost her do- her daughter to leukemia. And the one chick was suicidal because uh, yeah. she was cutting Well, herself. not suicidal. She just cut herself to feel alive. Yeah. To feel something type deal. And that's the interesting thing about it. And that's why, you know, the characters, I guess, are so well done is because they, they're human. They're very much human. They have faults of their own. <laughs> yeah, even Lena... She apparently cheated while her husband was gone. She was dealing with the idea that her husband had been dead for years. And even, well, not years, a year. And when he came back, he wasn't the same person. Yep, exactly. He changed. He kept, again, going with the theme. <laughs> and even the way people, uh, the characters die or go out is symbolic of dealing with trauma or how it can kind of destroy you. Like, Cass lost her daughter to leukemia. That is something that, you know, it was, like, no fault of her own. There was no way to really stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to her. She was randomly attacked by a bear. It, she didn't go after it. She yeah. wasn't trying to do anything, but just so happened, wrong place, wrong time. That's really interesting. I didn't even think about that. Huh. Josie uh, finally feels comfortable with her own trauma, she literally shows the scars under her sleeves and then just disappears into the shimmer. Yeah, because the scars, um, because of all the genetic shit, um, like plants start growing out of her scars. I love that effect too. Even though it's so quick, you see like vines and stuff and flowers growing from the scars. Mm-hmm. She's such a good actress. Oh, I, yeah. Te- uh, uh, Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Yeah, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, um, if you you probably know her. A lot of people probably know her as Valkyrie from uh, Thor. And yeah, from the Marvel films. For um, those who've seen Sorry to Bother You, she was also in that. <laughs> yeah, she was uh, Cassius Green's girlfriend in that. Yep. Uh, Doctor V is dying of cancer, and literally the shimmer destroys her from within Mm -hmm. that was an obvious bit of symbolism there (laughs) symbolism Uh, another thing is uh anya has a tattoo on her forearm 
and by the end of the movie, Lena has it, which inside the store, like, uh, just baseline the story, it's literally, you know, the genetics being flip-flop between everyone. Yep. But also, it's the idea that the trauma of that character still lives on since Lena had to experience in some way, and now it will be permanently a part of her type mm -hmm. deal. And even the ending with Lena, with uh, the monster turning into Lena, like realizing yeah. her her past self, her like traumatized self, is something that kind of needs to be destroyed in a way for her to move on and escape yep. from it. It was a literal piece of symbolism. Huh, that's fascinating. <laughs> and that's also why she, even though we know that is the real Lena, like we, there wasn't some fake out editing where it was like, oh, who's who was the alien. We know the alien died. Yeah, we know for a fact that, yeah, that's we know that she killed her double. So, <laughs> But with the ending, they, uh, Kane still asks, are you Lena? She doesn't know because she isn't, after all this, she isn't technically the same person. Mm -hmm. It's sad, too, because of all the genetic shit. Like, it was changing also, obviously, their organs, too. But they were, like, some people were showing, like, symptoms of basically, you know, um, early onset uh, dementia. Or something like that. Like it was changing yeah. their brain cells around as well. <laughs> yeah, because that's what can happen with trauma or dealing with very stressful events. Yep. It just it changes you. I mean, I don't think it can cause dementia. No, but, it doesn't. Not like that but was, this is sci-fi. That, that's the got... symbolism there. It's not that that it's not supposed to be taken literally. Uh, but... Yeah, and the thing I love too about the movie is I didn't realize it first time through, but second time, it tells you the details really don't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, uh, when she's she's trying to ask Kane where the hell he's been, he says, like, does it really matter? I don't know. It's a bunch of I don't knows, and then, yeah. does it really matter? I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even when it keeps coming back to her being interviewed, it's, oh, yeah. it, and the final conversation with the interviewer is sort of just, well, do you know why it came? Do you know why it was here? No. I don't know, and we never will know. Yeah, because that's just it. Like, at that point, it's a little too late. So it's gone. It destroyed itself and, you know, the lighthouse and all that. But it's like, at that point, we'll never really know. Details really don't matter. It's taken care of and they're here. <laughs> yeah, and you, as the audience, you probably shouldn't care. <laughs> yep. But that's just the thing. And that's why I love it, too, is it just leaves so much up to the imagination. Like, what was really causing this? Like, you know, obviously they, there's a whole discuss. There's a big discussion in sci fi movies of, you know, like if you go to an alien planet, you are there alien diseases, you know, because there are diseases here on Earth. But will you catch something here? Will something, you know, infect you and you'll have no real way of knowing how to defeat it or something, which is terrifying. But like, you know, what if that comet was like. And that's the whole setup is, you know, what's, what if the comet was just changing all the genetics on Earth and just fucking around with everything? It's just such a cool concept. <laughs> I do love the line of at the end where it's like, but it was destroying it, everything that had to be, they had destroying yeah. everything. It was changing it. It was changing it. Exactly. It was kind of like. <laughs> at the, basically just saying it's not a bad thing yeah. for change. And which is not when, yeah. a nice thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when she was fighting her other double, she's like, well, it attacked you, mimicking me. I was the one that attacked it, technically. 
And you could tell I mean, it did kind of suffocate her against the door. I think it was just more mimicking her movements because she was trying to press up against the door and open the door and it was pressing against her. And then she realized how to trick it is she went and picked up the grenade and mimicked its hands to grab it or whatnot. So, (laughs) but I I thought that was really interesting too because like the the copy of her was more just curious and mimicking her than actually trying to actively hurt her. (laughs) Kids who are obviously listening this deep into a podcast like this, uh, uh, do not play with your friends like this. If they're curious about you, do not throw a phosphorus grenade at them. <laughs> just saying, just saying, you know, we know how common... it's, it's not nice. We, we, we know you kitties and your phosphorus grenades. Don't, don't do that. Uh, yeah. You know, they're right next to the nerf section at yes. Walmart. God, knowing America, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's nerf nothing or phosphorus yeah, exactly uh and then whatever effects they used um for the you know copy of her were really fucking well done too because yeah like when it forms her face that's so just icky but cool yeah and then something a, a little detail i noticed too is when dr v initially like when she was in the hr geiger room and it was changing her from the inside out but when uh what's natalie portman in this character's name again lena lena but when lena walked down there and she was kind of talking about like seeing things she had no eyes oh that's true she had like no eyes and she was saying something about like oh you can actually see it but then she turned around and her eyes were there i was like what the fuck (laughs) yeah she she looked really fucked up before uh lena got her attention yeah so i don't know what the fuck was going on there but that was just also a really cool effect and then obviously once burning down the thing i just love that effect too it's just so pretty like and all the glass trees just kind of shatter and then go away in the wind it's just like 15 minutes of this movie every frame Mm. is a beautiful just work of art honestly it really is like yeah you could just take any one of those and it could be just an album cover for like a prog rock band (laughs) honestly and then um, hey speaking of just oh wait no do you want to well one more thing i want to say something about oscar isaac as kane as well as the boyfriend because um he's the same guy who was the guy with the other guy with the beard in ex machina you know the crazy kooky weird guy from there but most people know him as poe from star wars because he was the pilot there and that's kind of how he got his start but it or that's kind of what catapulted him to the stardom because i think ex machina was made before episode seven yeah i forget honestly but it's like he's such a good actor and he has such range and it just kind of hurts to me that i'm just like you know i see everyone knows him from star wars but he can do so much more (laughs) hopefully in the future we see him in more stuff and he's able to show off his range and shake off star wars because i genuinely love oscar isaac and you know that's kind of what happened to mark hamill and harrison ford for a while because you know mark hamill and we typecast as luke skywalker and harrison ford being typecast as han solo <laughs> and both of them took in very different directions yes. han solo just well i should say harrison ford sorry but harrison ford just being grumpy and bitchy about the whole thing and then mark hamill just kind of embracing it <laughs> yeah but um yeah i just i want to see more from him because i really like oscar isaac as an actor <laughs> but uh, yeah, i i kind of can't wait to see more of him in the future and also i i'm excited to see more of like all the actresses in this they all did a fantastic job oh yeah yep 
Because, I mean, obviously, Natalie Portman's been around for fucking ever. And Je- and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, besides the fact that she was in Hateful Eight as Daisy Domergue, she was also in at Ridgemont High and um, uh, one other one, I forget what. But she was also very prominent then. So they've both been around for a while. But all of the actors did an f- amazing job in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gina Rodriguez as Anya, as, like, you know, the big tough woman was really good. I really liked her. <laughs> oh, yeah, she seems like a badass, honestly. Yeah, I want to see more of her as well. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, so, I think it's... Uh, speaking of burning everything to the ground, <laughs> the studio. Yeah, so this film, the reason that not a lot of people saw this in theaters, um, let alone around the rest of the world, is because the studio kind of fucked it over. Uh, hard. Um, <laughs> not kind of they did yeah they fucked it over really hard and um it, and i'll read just read a little bit from the article i read here but it says um due to a poorly received test screening david ellison who was the uh, producer guy a financer and producer at skydance became concerned that the film was quote-unquote too intellectual and quote-unquote too complicated because god forbid we don't treat our audience like idiots um, and demanded changes to make it an ap- appeal to a wider audience, including making Portman's character more sympathetic and changing the ending. Um, but the other producer, Scott Rudin, sided with the director, and he didn't want to alter the film because he's like, hey, that's a pretty good fucking film. And uh, Rudin, who had final cut privilege, defended the film and refused to take notes from Ellison. So what happened is Ellison then went behind, went behind their backs and um, struck a deal with Netflix. And as it turns out, it had more of a limited run in theaters here in the States. But in the rest of the world, it uh, wasn't even in theaters. Just released directly to Netflix. And then all of a sudden, it failed at the box office. I wonder why. And then all of a sudden, it was a box office bomb. Not by a much. Um, The budget was 40 to 55 million, and it made 43 million, so it barely broke even. But yeah, it didn't do well. And it's like, gee, I wonder why. It's almost like you fucked it because you, you know, you didn't have final control over the movie. Uh, if you do have a VPN, though, or you live in... It's still on Netflix for you, probably. Yeah, exactly. I know it is in the UK, at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they released it just straight to Netflix. Didn't even go to theaters in the rest of the world. They are like, hmm, well, it bombed, so sorry, I guess you can't do anything about that. Fuckers. <laughs> Honest. Such bullshit. And I hate it, too, because you know the studio's going to use that as, like, a... Oh, we shouldn't do an original idea. Look at Annihilation. It failed. Yep, exactly. They're just going to use that as leverage, even though they're the one that fucked it over. And it just, it really makes me mad because this was such a good movie and so brilliantly done. And it just slid under the radar because A, you know, they didn't release the theaters in the rest of the world. And B, they didn't really promote it all that much when it first came out. It's just the who killed Hannibal meme. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> the studio, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Who killed Annihilation's box office? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it just, it kills me because it's such a good movie. And I always sing its praises because it, it flew under the radar because of what happened. And more people need to see this movie. And it just, oh, it just hurts. <laughs> I remember when it came out too that uh, foreign audiences were like, we would have happily paid to go see this in theaters. Yeah. Why didn't you release it here? Because the director said, too, it's like we made this to be more of like a theatrical experience, you know? <laughs> but no. Nope. It's because we didn't get Final Cut privilege and the director got his way. Wah. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to fuck it over. 
darn, I didn't get to Weinstein this movie and yep. fuck up the edit. Yep. Pretty much. So that just that just sucks, and that's the thing that I hate the most about that. And I'm sure, and you know, the director hasn't done a movie since then. He's only done Ex Machina and Annihilation. And I'm sure that left a very bitter taste in his mouth. <laughs> oh, I think he did say something where it's like, I might just fucking quit movies yeah. type deal. Yeah, he, he was very bitter and understandably so. You know, that was a labor of love and it turned out well, but, you know, actively fucked. And it just, I, I'm sure that might turn him off to movies and I don't, I don't, that just sucks to me because he's such a good sci-fi director and I really want to see more from him. <laughs> hey, Jordan Peele, if you can, can you have him like direct an episode of Twilight Zone yeah. or two? Just wondering. Just just out of curiosity, can you help brother out? <laughs> so, yeah. He'd probably do a good job. It'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Yep, because before that, before he directed, he was mostly a screenwriter. Um, he did the screenplays for 28 Days Later uh, and Dread. He did the screenplay for Dread. <laughs> Ooh, nice. And he co-wrote um, the video game Enslaved Odyssey to the West and was a story supervisor on DMC Devil May Cry. Well, okay, some people wouldn't be happy about well, that one. Yeah, but yeah, just saying. He... Uh, I know Enslaved is uh, debated as like a super uh, underrated or cult classic game of last gen. Yeah, because I I hadn't even heard of it before I saw it in the article here. So it's when co-op shooters were a big thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's co-op. I forget. Interesting. But yeah, because that's the thing about this movie is this movie garnered a lot of critical praise. Like everyone who saw the movie loved it, but you know, not a lot of people saw it. So not a lot of people were able to see it. Cause that's just the thing with uh, independent films. A lot is mm -hmm. the studio. Even if there was a big studio behind it, they don't advertise it for some fucking reason. Then they're like, "Why did this fail?" Mm -hmm. Gee, I don't know. Maybe because you released it against a Marvel movie and you only played one ad on YouTube. Yeah, actually. Because I forget how I even heard about it. I think I maybe saw the commercial on YouTube or in a theater or something. But yeah, I remember I, I went and saw it in theaters. And here, I'll, I'll take a picture of my ticket stub and you can put that in the episode. I'll send it to you. There you I go. won't. But I'll, I'll, you, you, you have it there. So I saw it in theaters. And I, I forgot. It was funny because when I got the Blu-ray out, I did do this thing sometimes where if I like a movie and buy it on Blu-ray and I still have the ticket stub, I'll just put it in the case. I open the Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, there's my ticket stub for Annihilation. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so definitely highly recommend this movie um if i i know it probably went under the radar for a lot of you listeners and i just our hope is we can expose more people to it because it's so well done <laughs> yeah if this wasn't on wheel we probably would have done a dealer's bed at some mm. point on it honestly yeah so definitely highly recommend this movie i, I did i love this movie so <laughs> don't know what, very good don't know what rating i'd give it but i still love it <laughs> I'd give it an 8 out of 10 at least. Yeah, at least, yeah. I'm debating 8 or 9 myself, but... <laughs> That's up to you. Yep. So yeah, that was Annihilation, an overall great sci-fi horror movie. <laughs> and that is uh, not only the end of movie month, but also the end of one section of the main se season two wheel. <laughs> yep. You did it. Good job. You got one. I didn't know if I want to say series or season. Yeah, you want to debate whether to be British or American. Uh. Yes. <laughs> 
I always love that because uh, in in America, you know, it's season or no, it's series, a, a series, a season, and then episodes. But in Britain, it's um like show series episode. <laughs> it's weird. Weird. <laughs> Fucking lobsterbacks. <laughs> oh my god. But that's why they always say like series one or series two instead of season. It's just a little confusing. <laughs> But I think that's all we have now, right? Yeah, I think we've just—I think we've covered it. So <laughs> I will double check notes very quickly. All right. Uh, nope. All right. <laughs> uh, but also check out Folding Ideas uh, video on because that's actually a really fun dive into the metaphor and symbolism of the film absolutely i know we mentioned him in our uh video essays uh, uh video essay but <laughs> <laughs> which is also available on all sorts of streaming services <laughs> uh but yeah check out his video on annihilation he does great work so <laughs> anyway we are on the um we are back to the series movie wheel uh -huh. Still have 19 on here, have not finished a series. So, okay. Question. Hmm. We've landed on Lone Wolf and Cub three times, right? Yep. What other series have we done from the series wheel? We've done the Mexican trilogy with El Mariachi. Okay. Started Lupin the Third. We have done Mad Max. We've done Mission Impossible, Evil Dead. Uh, I think that's it. And with all of the ones that we did, we've landed on those all once. Lone Wolf and Cub, we've landed on three fucking times, and we haven't even done any of the other seasons or series. So. Oh, series. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> but so yeah. Uh, please don't land on Lone Wolf and Cub. We want to do something else beforehand. Please, we please. want to at least get through the first one of everything on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we haven't done. We still haven't done James Bond. We haven't done Alien. We haven't done Men in Black. We haven't done just a bunch of them. I mean, we have a few horror series on here, which would be nice for yeah. October, which is coming up. Uh, next episode, we're getting back to TV series, by the way. So we'll start Star versus the Force of Evil Season 1, either Part 1 or Part 2. We don't know how we're splitting it up yet. We will see, because there's a lot. <laughs> there is. Uh, we're recording this basically at the end of yeah. August. So Star vs. the Force give... of Evil was a longer series than we initially thought it was. So <laughs> Yeah. But it will be fun. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway... It's time to spin. Yay! What we get? What we get? We're getting loop on the third again. Woohoo! The castle of whatever the word is. Castle. No, I don't. I should look that up. Uh <laughs> no, you don't get to layer. Aw. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we want to have more of an outro than that or not. I think we should. <laughs> Oh, should we? Yeah. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to follow our hosts, Justin is at JKPancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at CameronPicksInc on Twitter. You can watch the video version of the podcast. Sometimes you actually get to see our host faces at CamCam Cam on YouTube, or just look up Cinema Roulette Podcast. Thank you so much to Teller's Place for their artwork that we use mainly in the YouTube version and you can kind of see on the podcast version. If you enjoyed the show, please consider either subscribing to it or rating us 
on whatever podcast app you use. That would be cool of you.